Good, good morning, everybody. And uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here. Uh, thank you very much, Nathan and John. Thank you very much. I, I met um, John probably about 13 years ago um, when myself and a friend of mine, uh, we went to um, Durban in South Africa um, for a meeting. And there was John and a few of the apostles talking. Little did we know that we were based in the same, in the same department, uh, same borough, and uh, we had a meeting um, after that. Um, thank you for the invitation, and thank you for really accepting me and receiving me the way we are. Yesterday, I was asking God, well, for the last week I was in America, my brother, my junior brother had twins, um, and so the rest of us went over there to be with him. Then I came back uh, on Friday, and I've been thinking, Lord, what, what should I really um, speak to your people about? And Yesterday, he said, uh, talk to them about the types of battle. And I'm thinking, God, battle. I mean, I'm going to an English church. I mean, battles. And so I came in this morning, and here was Nathan. And uh, he picks up his phone and reads uh, something that has to do with battles. And I said, Lord, thank you that I heard very well. Because I had something else in my heart that I was going to talk about. Let's, let's go into the scriptures, and then we'll pray. Second Corinthians 10, 4 to 5. I'm here this morning with my wife. Uh, we've been married now for 21 years, and uh, I have only just one wife, um, and I have, two, I have two wonderful children. My son is 20. Um, um, he's in university, and my daughter, she's 15, and um, I thank God for them. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Father, we thank you for your word, for it is living and it is alive. And thank you, Lord, for what you have in stock for us this morning. The entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. We ask, O oh God, that you will deposit in our hearts your thoughts, your mind, and your heart. Lord, that as we receive it, we run with it. Lord, and we become much valuable in the kingdom. Thank you for the great things you will do, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody's involved in a battle, one way or another. You can either be physically involved in a battle or you are spiritually involved in a battle. But to say we are not involved in a battle is not a true statement. Everybody's involved, one way or another. Either a battle to make sure that our homes remain intact. A battle either that will help us to determine whether our children remain on course or not. We're involved one way or another, consciously or unconsciously. The devil is out there. Uh, his main purpose, as the scripture says, is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it in abundance. So we are fighting one way or another to keep the home secure. To make sure that our jobs uh, remain there. The competition is fierce. So one way or another, we are engaged in a battle. We're in a battle despite the many challenges in life. 
There's the battle with the social system, with the legal system. There's the battle with the mortgage company. There's the battle with the landlords because things are not going well. So one way or another, every one of us, we are involved in a battle. There's the battle that we, that we are engaging, that we are not even aware that we are in a battle, unconscious. The Bible makes us to understand in scriptures, in the book of Genesis, here was Rebecca. She was pregnant and she was being disturbed with the pregnancy. And she was wondering, what was going on with me? Here she goes to, the, uh, to a prophet and inquires of God and says, there's something not right with me. Something is going on with me. And the prophet said to her, there is a struggle that is going on in you. There are two nations that are in you. They are struggling because destiny is about to take its effect. So everybody is working. Everybody is fighting. There are times when you look at the children or you look at someone who is sleeping in the middle of the night and you begin to uh, uh, observe them like as if they are fighting. They are throwing their hands up. They are turning their eyes and you are wondering what is going on. They are fighting in the realm of the spirit because every one of us is involved in a battle. Now, there are different kinds of battle that I think is worthy of mention. There is a battle which I term to be personal battles or the battles that have been chosen for you by God. Personal battles or the battles that have been chosen for you by God. In Judges chapter 4, in Judges chapter 4, here the Bible tells us about a woman, a prophetess by the name of Deborah. And the Bible says the Lord had said to her, well, Israel, are go- they are going to be involved in a battle um, against their enemies. And so the Lord said to her, I want you to go and look for a man. I want you to look for a man. If you have your Bibles, let's go to it. Math, uh, Judges chapter 4. Judges chapter 4. Judges chapter 4. And then we would read from verses 1. To six, Georges, trying to find where Georges is now. Okay. And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, no, that's Joshua, take your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 1, when Ethod was dead and the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord um, sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was, uh, was Sisera, who dwelt in Horosheth, uh, Hagoin. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron and uh, four For 20 years, he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountain of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And then she said and called for Barak, the son of Abion from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Debulam. So here it is. 
it becomes a personal battle where the Lord himself, through Deborah, had chosen um, um, this, this, this Balak to go against Sisera. Now, when we look at it, of all the soldiers, of all the captains that there were in the, uh, in the armies of Israel, why was, uh, um, was Balak chosen? I believe he was chosen because his name was on, the, was, uh, was on the heart of God to bring victory to the children of Israel. Now, personal battles are intended to hand the adversaries over to you. So when the Lord calls you and puts your name um, in the battle plan, it's because God has a purpose of handing over the adversary to you. So personal battles, everybody has a personal battle that we have to engage in. It could be, um, it could be a personal thing, it could be with regards to family members, but whatever the case is, if God has the personal battle for you, you have got to be engaged in that battle. Here was Balak who now said to Deborah, he said, well, I cannot, I, I can't go to this battle except you go with me. And she said, you know what? I can go with you. However, if I do go with you, the glory that God wants to give you will be taken away from you and will be given to somebody else. When it comes to a personal battle, nobody else can be equally engaged in that battle like you. Anybody who goes with you more than likely will be taken away from you what God wants to give you. So when you look at your marriages, when you look at your children, it could be your personal battles. There could be things that God wants you to be involved in personally. Now, when you look at it with the children of Israel, the plan of God uh, for Balak, God's plan was that he was going to elevate him. That was God's plan. That was God's purpose. That in this battle, in this warfare, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a name. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put a star on your shoulder. And what I will do is I will give you a name that when people hear about what you have done, they will regard you. But when that personal battle came to him, he felt, no, I can't do this. Now, in the plan of God, it's not whether you are, you are able to do it. It's about God's grace that is upon you that enables you to be involved in that battle. I pray that every personal battle that has your name in, uh, on it, that you will be fully engaged in it in the name of Jesus. Now, every time the Lord personally chooses you for a battle, it's because he has designed to give you something that you don't have before. If God calls you and says, you know what, this is for you. He has designed it because he wants to give you something that you have never had before. Now, failure to respond to a personal battle appropriately would lead to that glory going to somebody else. And I pray that God will not transfer what he has for you into the hand of somebody else. The Lord told uh, uh, through the mouth of Samuel and said, uh, uh, you know what, Saul, uh, I'm giving Saul an assignment. And that assignment is for Saul. That assignment is for Saul to do what is on my heart. What I want him to do is I want him to take his, uh, his soldiers and completely go to Amalekite and to, to, to Amalek and totally destroy them. Here he goes and picks up his soldiers and they go in warfare. And they start to destroy, start to do the assignment. However, along the way, uh, his, uh, uh, his leader said to him, Well, Saul, do you not think that if we bring some of this, uh, uh, some of the good stuff back to Israel, that God will, won't, won't God be pleased with it? And Saul begins to reason with his leaders and says, You know what? It's true. Let's keep. Let's save the best things. Let's bring them back uh, to Israel. Maybe God will accept it. 
As he comes back, the Lord now ministers and speaks to Samuel and says to him, how it displeases me that I have made Saul to be king. I gave him an assignment. But in that assignment, what he has done is rather than fulfill my divine plan, he has spoken with his leaders, he has engaged with his leaders, and they have totally turned things on his head. I want you to know you have a personal battle. It's your personal battle to make sure that your marriages remain intact. It's your personal battle to make sure that your children remain on course. It's your personal battle to make sure that God's plan is fulfilled in your personal life. Every one of us, we are engaged in a battle. Either you like it or not. And I pray that God will give us wisdom on how to settle in what God has called us to do. When you fight your personal battle, God will give you the weapons. God will give you the understanding of what to do. When you're involved in your personal battles, it could be worship. It could be prayer. It could be intercession. Whatever it is, we have to be involved in our personal battles. We are thinking about, yes, what is happening in Syria alone. There are battles that we have to engage in. We're thinking about what's happening in the Caribbean. There are all types of battles that we have to be involved in. Now, the second type of battle is what I call the Lord's battle. There is a personal battle which has your name on it, which you will have to do yourself. You will have to engage. You know, that's why at times fasting and praying is very important. Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and they said to him after he, was, he had come down from the Mount of Transfiguration, there was a man who had brought his son to the disciples, thinking that they could bring some kind of deliverance uh, to his son, but they could not. So he brings the, uh, the son to Jesus and says, Jesus, I brought this my son who was in trouble to your disciples thinking that they would heal my son but they could not and Jesus said bring him here and he cast out the demons later on in a conversation with Jesus the disciples said tell us why could we not do it what was happening here and even though Jesus said men of little faith he gave an inclination and he said to them certain things cannot be done except by fasting and prayer this kind cannot be done except through fasting and prayer. There are certain battles that we're engaging that we ha- has to be done with fasting and prayer. We can't sit down and look at good things pass us by. We can't sit down and expect that uh, our marriages will just work of itself. We can't sit down and do nothing when we see our young ones going in a different, in a different way. So if there are personal battles, we've got to stand up and fight those battles. When you fight the battles over the lives of your children, oh, I tell you, in the days to come, they will give you glory. I was age 17 or age 18 when I ran away from home. And when I ran away from home, I was having a very difficult time with my dad. And so I got on a plane. I was in Nigeria then. I, I was born here, but my parents took us back to Nigeria. Having a very difficult time with my dad. And so what I did was I stole money from him, and I bought a ticket, and I got on the plane, and I just, I just absconded. Oh, but during all that period, my mom was a woman who prayed, and she didn't give up praying. She, in the middle of the night, she would get up and she would pray that God will deliver me. God will do things in my life. I used to do some real terrible things when I was growing up, but my mom never gave up praying. She took it as her personal challenge to pray in the middle of the night, to pray during the day. There are times when I go to my dad's room then, my dad will be praying. My parents prayed because they saw it as their 
personal battle to make sure that their son comes home. And you know what? It's as a result of their prayers that I'm doing what I'm doing today. So there are personal battles. You have to be involved in the personal battles. When that man of yours, the husband says, you know what? That is the end of it. You go into your closet and say, God, that is not the covenant that I've struck with with you. It is till death do us part. When your children are deciding to be on drugs or whatever it is, they're going astray. You get on your knees. That is your personal battle. The social services cannot do that for you. It becomes your involvement, your engagement. In the place of work, things are not going well, and someone is trying to usurp your authority. You don't argue with them. You go and meet with the king of kings. That becomes your personal battle. And you face the wall, and you say, God, am I not called by your name? Lord, help me. You know what? As a result of that, God gives you strength so that what is yours is not taken away from you. I've been through some challenges in life, and you know what? I, I, I know the best answer at times may not, also, may, may not always come um, through a counselor. But you know what? The best answer may come from the throne of heaven. Before I know what the counselors are going to say, what is God saying concerning my personal situation? There is the Lord's battle. The Lord's battle. You see that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Here the Bible says five nations had gathered against Jehoshaphat. They were just doing God's work. They were happy in the wilderness. They were praising God. They were just rejoicing with their families. And the Bible says five nations looked at them and thought, hold on, how can a group of people be rejoicing in the wilderness? I mean, how can a group of people be there without some kind of leadership? Five nations gathered against them for no apparent reason. There does not need to be a reason for the devil to dislike you. But the very fact that you are called by the name of the Lord is one reason why he doesn't like you. And you know what? As Christ has his agents, so also does Satan have his agents. There are some people who like you for no apparent reason. There are people who don't like you because of the color of your hair. There are some people who don't like you because of the color of your skin. There are people who don't like you because you have a round face. There are some people who don't like you because you wear your, you wear your trousers funny. You know, people just don't like for, for no apparent reason... There are some people who just don't like you, and there's nothing you can do about it. And so therefore, here it was, five nations gathered against Israel. And you know what? The Bible says, because they are not used to what was happening, um, they were so much afraid. And they rose up and they prayed and said, God, what shall we do here? And the Lord gave them a message and said to them, well, you know what? You are not going to need to fight in this battle. Because there are some battles that are too strong for us. There are some battles that we don't have the wisdom. We don't have the understanding on how to deal with what is confronting us. There are times some challenges come and you know what? All you do is you just sit because you don't have an answer to give. There are times when some, you know, some bills come in and, and, and from every, every corner things you've ignored and you have all the bills in front of you are thinking, God, what am I going to do? There are situations that come. Husband is saying he's leaving. Wife says he's leaving. Children and just say, no, what am I going to do? In such an instance, the Bible says, God said to our children of Israel, you are not going to need to fight in this battle. This battle belongs to me. And when the Lord takes over your battle, you can be rest assured that everything will go well. If the Lord is involved in your affairs, if God is involved in your affairs, then you can be rest assured that you will become victorious. 
you will become victorious. He said to, to them, you know what, um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bless you, but there's a way in which I'll bless you that you won't, you won't be able to really comprehend it. And so he said to, to them, you know what, get trumpeters, get uh, musicians. Uh, when you get, when you engage in this battle, I just want you to sing a song, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Come on, God, we are going into battle and you're asking us to sing because God has strategies that we don't understand. You know what, it, it, it can be, it can be uh, mesmerizing. When you look at the situation, the divorce materials before you, and you raise up your hand and you are singing, it doesn't make sense. When God is involved in your situation and your battle, what he will do may not make sense to you. Yours is just to comply with what he wants you to do. In the battles that becomes the Lord's battle, when he takes over and he gives you instructions... Those instructions, may not, they, must, they may not seem sound. They may not seem logical. Whoever told you that God was a logical God? God does what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and however he wants to do. The fact that he's involved and engaged in your situation is what is most important. Can I have an amen, somebody? God is involved in your battles. So here they go out. And they began, they began to sing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now church, the tools that the Lord will use when he's fighting your battles is of no concern to you. It's the Lord's battle. However he chooses to. You know there are times when the Lord says for us to do certain things that, are, that, 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 that we don't understand. Husbands, love your wife. Wives, be submissive to your own, uh, to your own husbands. Love, uh, husbands, love your wife. The things that don't, when things are not going well, he still says, love your wife. That is his strategy. Uh, wives, be submissive to your own husband. That is his own strategy. Uh, children, obey your parents. Oh, that is his own strategies. God has his own strategies when he's involved in your battles. Now, the Lord may take on the, when the Lord takes on the battle of the warfare, he does so for the following reason. Number one, it could be the enemy that has gathered against you has done so so suddenly that there is no time for you to adequately prepare. There are some situations that come upon you. And when those situations come upon you, you've had no time to prepare. And so therefore, in such a situation, God himself can decide, let me take over this battle. Number two reason why it could be the Lord's battle is because you may be indisposed to take on the battle yourself due to ill health. In Psalm 18 verse 18, the Bible says, They confronted me in the days of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. So there are days when you are weak in yourself. Mentally you are weak, physically you are weak, emotionally you are weak, and you don't know how to respond to a particular situation. In such a situation, you know what? That's why the Bible says we do not know how we ought to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit maketh intercession on our behalf with groanings. You know there are times you want to pray. The words don't flow. They don't come from your mouth. You know, you prayed all you want to pray. And you are so overwhelmed with all the situations that you kneel to pray and you don't have the right words to say. It's when you have the right words to say that you just, we just go on, we, we blabber and go on and on and on and on and on and on. And the Lord says, it's not, our prayers are not heard by many words. But when you are right in the midst of that situation and you don't know what to say, 
You know, there are times when you are arguing. You are arguing and, and, and uh, 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 you're, 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 you're responding. She's responding. Everybody's responding. And that, that, that is when you are involved in the battle. But when the Lord is involved in the battle for you, all you do at times when you're praying is you're just going, mm. Mm. you don't know really what to say. On your bed, you are lying and, 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 you, are, and you are rolling from side to side. That in itself is a groaning in which you are not able to express. In such instances, I can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can rest assure you that God is fighting your battle on your behalf. And every time he does so, you can be rest assured you're going to come out on the winning side. Everybody wants everybody, somebody else to fight their battles. Oh, you quickly run to somebody. I need your advice. Come on, let's run to him. Let's run to him and say, Lord, I don't have the answer. I don't, I don't know what to do in this situation. Lord, Lord, I, I've, I've reached my wit's end. I was, I was so confused one, one night um, um, about a lot of things going on. And I, I, I couldn't pray for, for a while, so I was on my bed. And I, I just said in my spirit, I just said, Lord, how close are you to me? I wasn't, res- I wasn't expecting a response at all. I wasn't. I just said, because I was, so, I was so perplexed in my mind, and I said, Lord, really, how close? And I heard back in my spirit, I'm as close as you think I am. And I thought, oh, okay, okay. So if I think he's this close, he's this close. And you know, there are times when you just feel that he's not there. Trust me, he's there with you. There are times when you feel that, Lord, man, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. At such a time, he is fighting your battle. Touch not my anointed, nor do my servants no harm. I mean, can you imagine? Here was uh, Abraham, beloved of God. And uh, he had spoken with, yes, she is his sister. And said, you know what, when we get into the land of the Philistines, um, can you you just say that you are my, uh, say that you are my sister? Because really and truly you are my sister. But even though I've married you, but yeah, you know you are still my sister. Whether you're my sister or you're my wife, it's the same thing, you know. And so here they discuss and, and they get into the city. And, and, and the king likes and sees and sees Sarai and likes her and says some men should go and bring her. And so here uh, the man bring her. And so for days she's in the king's palace. And I can imagine Abraham. The Bible never records at any point in time that Abraham prays. What kind of a prayer would Abraham pray? That, Lord, um, I lied concerning. uh, I'm sure he was so perplexed. He didn't know what to pray. But here was God. God goes to the king and says to him, you know you're a dead man. (laughs) What kind of battle could Abraham have been involved in to get his wife back? But he couldn't say anything. The Bible never records that he says any prayer. Because he's doesn't have the capacity. And God says to the king, return the man's wife back to him. He's a prophet. Ask him to pray for you. Because at that point in time, God has shut up the womb of every woman in that domain. And so the man now calls Abraham and says, Abraham, why have you brought this upon me? Did you not say to me she's your sister? He said, well, yes, she is. The Bible says he now blesses her and says, you know what, take your stuff and you go. When the Lord is involved in your battle, things become easy. It also happened to his son, Isaac. Isaac also goes to the city. And so his wife was so beautiful on account of his wife, he now says, oh, uh, she's my sister. Even though the king doesn't take um, his, uh, his wife, but the Bible says the king one day was looking out of the window and sees Isaac doing endearment to his wife and calls her. And calls him and says, you know what? You could have brought such calamity on us. Man, when God is involved in your battle, trust me, church, oh, things begin to work out in a different way. 
There are times people don't like to go to work at times. Not everybody, but some people. Monday morning, they're going back to that place of work. Their boss has given them so much trouble. Oh, God, uh, they just don't get on with everybody. I'm thinking, God, Monday morning. Monday morning should be an exciting time. Oh, but you know what? Monday, oh, God, Monday. Getting on the bus, getting on the train, go to a place of work. Want to settle the matter with God in your closet. Settle the matter with God in your closet. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of God. As the rivers of water, he turns as he pleases. So they say, Lord, you got to take over. I'm going in there. There's that man or that woman, Lord, who I'm having a problem with. Can you, can you do something about it? When the battle is the Lord's, oh, I tell you, he settles certain, certain things for you. I remember when I was running away. I was running away from, uh, I was running away from home. I got onto the, onto the flight, onto the plane. Nobody knew where I was going. And I was happy as a young boy running away from home. And so here I sat on the plane. And there were three of us. That, uh, I sat on the far left. There was a young man who sat on, in the middle. And there was a lady who sat um, on the far end. An hour before we landed, an hour before we landed, here was the lady who sat on the far end. She developed a headache. And the man sitting next to her said to her, why don't you recline your seat? She tries to recline her seat, and her seat doesn't go back. So he says, okay, let's change seats. So he changes seat with her, and she sits in the middle, and he sits on the far right. We land, and the man gets up, and he just leaves. And as he leaves, he leaves the lady with me. And I thought, okay, there's nothing I can do. I help her to carry her bags. And we got outside, and her brothers were so grateful to God that I had helped her and decided they were going to take me home. I was running away, so I went to stay with a friend. As we were going home, as we were going home, I discovered that they were attending the branch of the church I attended in Nigeria here in the UK. And I'm thinking, I can't even run away from him. But, but what I'm saying is, when the Lord is involved in your battles, so even though my parents had been praying, the Lord was involved. The steps of the righteous are ordered. So even though I was running like Jonah, but yet God had something that he already prepared. So there are battles that are the Lord's battle. Let God settle your battles for you. There are times where we are thinking, I'm big enough, I'm strong enough, I can do what I need to do. Oh, that's why we keep failing. That's why we keep falling. That's why we never rise. But when we take it to God in prayer, when we take it to God in prayer, I remember many years ago, many years ago, when my wife and myself, we used to have our challenges. And uh, I said, you know what? Um, um, yeah, maybe we should get a divorce. And my wife would say, that's not the covenant that I have with God. I think, oh my God, I'm supposed to be a pastor. I'm supposed not to say those kind of things. But, 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 but the truth is, when you're involved in prayer and with God, and God is involved with you, then the victory will always be yours. And may you always have victory in the name of Jesus. The third kind of battle is what we call covenant relationship battles. Covenant relationship battles. Covenant relationship battles. In covenant relationship battles, we are engaged with our brothers regardless of how they are to us. We are engaged in warfare with our brothers regardless. In Genesis chapter... um, where are we? Genesis. Uh, in Genesis, did I write it down? I wrote down. Yeah, Genesis chapter 14. Um, Abraham, Abraham then and Lot had separated. Um, Lot had gone to um, Sodom. 
And the Bible says the king of nations uh, had gone into warfare with uh, Sodom, the king of Sodom, and they had captured um, Abraham's um, uh, nephew. Uh, Lot and his family had been taken uh, as slaves. And word came to Abraham that his brother's son had been taken in warfare. And so here Abraham arms the 430 people that had been trained in his house, and they go to battles. Church, we are in church. We have brothers and sisters who are sitting beside us who have some very serious challenges in their life. And all they need is for brothers and sisters to rise up with them in battle. They're looking for somebody to help to raise their hands up and say, you know what, brother? We are standing together with you in battle. You are not going to be defeated. You are not going to, you are not going to, to, to succumb to the powers of the enemy. So when we come to covenant battles, it's as a result of the relationship we have that we go into battle. One day, Jehoshaphat, the king um, um, of Judah, goes to meet uh, Ahab, the king of Israel. And he goes to greet him and says, how are you doing, king? And everybody's fine. And then here the king of Israel now says to him, there is a portion of land that belongs to us that is in the hand um, um, of, uh, uh, of our enemies, uh, or the king of Syria. He says, you know what, will you go with me in battle? And Jehoshaphat says, my soldiers are your soldiers. As you, as I am for you, as you are with me. That's covenant relationship. Those are covenant battles. And so therefore, we know that if somebody is sick, we are all sick. If somebody has a problem, we all have a problem. If somebody's child goes astray, that child is our child. So therefore, we are involved in covenant battles. What affects you affects me. What affects me affects you. So therefore, if things are not going well, we see it as a corporate responsibility to make sure that things are working. As we are seated down here, everybody has different challenges they are going on uh, that's happening in their lives. Some people don't, 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 don't voice it. Some people, are, they just want to keep it. But you know what? Some people are really snowed under. Some people really are going through some real serious challenges. Covenant battles are those battles that we engage in because we have a brother, we have a sister, we have somebody who really needs our help. That's why we have prayer partners, so that we can engage together. We can help them because the battle can be too strong for them. You know, Joshua was a man of God who, Moses was a man of God who was really, really strong. The Bible says, as he had sent Joshua out into battle, every time he raises his hand up, oh, Joshua and the children of Israel, they became victorious. I mean, the battle was strong, but because the hands of Moses was up with the rod and things were happening, but like human beings, his hand became weak. And as his hand became weak, as his hand lowered, the children of Israel uh, suffered a little bit of defeat in battle. Now, Josh Moses did not have to ask his leaders to come and help him. They observed that every time the hand of Moses came down, Israel suffered a little bit of defeat. So her and Aaron, of their own initiative, came and said, okay, her, stand on one side, and they raised up the hand of Moses so that battle could be won. Let's lift up the hands of those who are with us. Let's lift up the hands of those who are brothers. Let's lift up the hands of those whose hands are weak. Let's lift up the hands of those who cannot stand by themselves. Let's lift up the hands of those who are falling down. That's the only way we all corporately will become victorious. I pray that God will give us strength to become victorious in the name of Jesus. We are involved in a battle, 
and let's get ready for the battle. We are involved in the battle. Can you tap somebody for me and say you are involved in the battle? We are involved in a battle. You know, there are little battles. You get home. Um, what are we eating this afternoon where we are going to have potato? No, I don't want potato. I want, uh, I want rice. No. And, and that little argument can escalate. Okay? Such little things that seem unimportant can so escalate. But it's still a battle. The Bible says, Jesus said, um, uh, no, the Bible says, um, your adversary, your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he will devour. I, I, I like what the scripture says in Job chapter 1, where um, the sons of God were having a meeting. And as the sons of God were having a meeting um, up wherever they were, and here the Bible says, Satan also came into their midst. Can you imagine Satan came into the midst of where God was having his meeting with the sons of God? Satan had the audacity. And then uh, God said to him, where are you coming from? And he said, well, my responsibility is to go to and fro the earth. That's his, that's his job. Just goes to and fro. When he goes to and fro, what do you think he's doing? He's looking. He's looking at somebody who he can touch. Somebody who he can, can go to their home and, and, and touch Touch one person in the home and fight starts. So God said to him, in your going to and fro, did you see Job? He said, yes, I saw Job. So which means that even before God had spoken to him about Job, Satan had already, in his going back and forth, had seen Job. And when he saw Job, um, uh, God said to him, have you seen that there is nobody like him upon the face? Nobody like him. Uh, uh, and, and, and God and, and, and said, Satan said to him, do you think that Job serves you for nothing? Which means that Satan must have taken time to observe Job. He must have taken time to note the reason Job was serving him. He said, do you think he serves you for nothing? He says, well, I want to bet. Well, that you just give me opportunity. He says, well, there's a, there's a hedge around the life of Job. How did Satan know that there was a hedge around the life of Job? Because he had observed it. The very same way he knows that there's a hedge around most of you. He's been, that's his job. He goes back and forth as you, as you go out, as you go home. He's going back and forth looking at you and saying, is there an opportunity? 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 That's why we have got to pray. That's why we've got to be involved in personal battles. That's why we've got to allow the Lord to take our battles on so that we can become victorious. But can I say to, to, to you, do you know the person sitting beside you? Do, you? do they have a challenge in their life? Do you know what kind of challenges they have in their lives? Do you know whether their mother or their father is sick in the hospital? Do you know how, how, uh, 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 what challenges uh, their brothers or sisters are going through? Do you know? Do you, do you, do you understand it? Because if we do understand it, then we know that we are involved in a covenant battle. Covenant relationship, covenant battle. Can I ask you, can you hold person sitting on your left and your right, not your partner? If your partner is sitting beside you, go, go back, straight back. I want you to hold somebody who is not your partner. Yeah, hold them. And I want you, I want you to pray for them. Can you, can you pray? If you have to cross the aisles, can, can, can you just pray for, for them? Can you pray? Can you pray for, for them? Yeah? Can you just pray and say, God, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that whatever the challenge is in their life, 
Lord, you will give them a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Can you pray for, for them? Pray for them. Lord, whatever the challenges they have in their lives, I ask, Lord, that you will give them, Lord, victory in the name of Jesus. Where they seem a little confused, Lord, you will give them an answer. Lord, where they don't know what to do, Lord, that you will show them what to do. Lord, I stand with my brother. I stand with my sister. And I ask, oh God, that victory shall be theirs every single day. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you. That's covenant battle. You don't know what you did there. I tell you, I tell you, Satan thought, hold on, these people are praying for one another. The Bible says, pray ye for one another that you may be healed. And that's exactly what we have done. And that's why we have covenant battles. The last battle which I have here is I've called a battle that you have no business fighting. It's a battle you have no business fighting. It's not your personal battle, it's not God's battle, and it's not a covenant relationship battle. Now, you see this in 2 Kings chapter 22, Jehoshaphat and Ahab. And Ahab says, there's a piece of land that belongs to us, but it's in the hand of the enemy. And uh, Jehoshaphat says, well, my soldiers are your soldiers. As you are, so I am. He says, let us go. But uh, um, 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 Jehoshaphat says, before we go, is there a prophet here that we can inquire as to the outcome of the battle? So someone says, yes, there, is a, there are a few prophets that are here, the prophets of the house. And he so said, invite them in and, and let them tell us what the outcome of the battle will be. So they bring in a few prophets who uh, come in and begin to prophesy. And uh, uh, Ahab said, can you tell us what the outcome will be? So here they begin to pray and they prophesy. And one of them brings uh, chains and say, with this you will do justice and you will do damage to the enemy. And all of them says, go, because God is giving the enemy into your hand. Joshua thinks that something is wrong here. He says, is there not still a prophet that you can bring? Ahab says, yes, there's one. His name is Micaiah. But I don't really like him because he never prophesies anything good concerning. <laughs> so, so, Micaiah, so Joshua says, well, bring him in, bring him in, bring him in. So they bring Micaiah in. The man who goes to bring him says to him, some prophets are already prophesying that, you know what, that the king should go to battle. So make sure your voice is in unison with them. He says, well, no problem, no problem. So he gets to where Jehoshaphat and Ahab is. And Ahab says to him, should we go or should we not go? And the Bible says, Micaiah says, go for the Lord. Ahab knows those who are saying the right thing. Ahab now says to him, how many times have I told you that every time you prophesy, only prophesy to me what is right. So he knew. And then he now says, I heard, uh, I, I, had, I had an appointment. I had um, a meeting where I was there with them in heaven when I saw the Lord. And I heard him say, who will go and confuse Ahab that he may die in battle? And he says, I heard a spirit says, I will go and become a lying spirit in his mouth so that Ahab can die in battle. He says, well, I heard the spirit of the Lord say that if you go, you will not return in battle. You will not return. And so here was Jehoshaphat, knowing that God was not involved in that battle. He should have said, you know what? If God is not involved, I'm not going to be involved. It was in that battle that Ahab died. So there are some battles that don't belong to us. There are some, there are some things that, that we have no business dealing with. But to get to that point, you've got to know what is the heart of God. What is in the heart of God? What is God saying to us? What is God saying to you personally? 
There are some counselings, there are some friends, there are some situations that we are involved in that God himself is not involved in it. And if God is not involved in it, then what we need to do at times is we just need to pull back. You know what, we can be so carried away by a loyalty perspective rather than spiritual conviction. Yeah? And, and when we are so involved as a result of loyalty rather than spiritual perception, you know what, we can be so fooled. In these types of battle, every sense of caution usually is thrown to the wind. Okay? When the Lord is not involved in things, we throw caution to the wind. And you know that spiritual people, what is God saying to you? The Bible says in the book of Revelation, he that has an ear, let him hear what God is saying to the church. What is God saying to you about your home? What is God saying to you about your situation? What is God saying to you about, about life? What is God saying to you about your future? Uh, about today? Because all those things are crucial to us. Types of battle. Take your personal battles seriously. Take your personal battles seriously. If it has your name on it, oh, in the days to come, God will just lift you up. You know, uh, uh, the young lady who, um, who put the peg through the temple of Sisera, um, her name is written in scriptures. We can't talk about battles and not mention her name. Her name was not meant to be there. It was supposed to be um, Balak, whose name is mentioned as the one who slew the king. But because he didn't understand God's purpose and plan for him, he said, no, you know what, um, Deborah, please go, go along with me. And, and can I say to you, eyes have not seen, neither has it entered into the heart of men what God has prepared for them that love you. Are you a single person believing God for uh, the right woman to come or the right man to come? They will come. Are you married and thinking, Lord, we are supposed to have a child at the moment, but the child has not come? The child will come. Are you unemployed thinking, God, with all the skills that I have, Lord, uh, uh, what is going to happen? He that will come, will come. But there are some situations that have got to be settled in the closet. Take your battles to the closet. When everything seems bleak, when the future seems dark, go to your prayer closet and say, Lord, 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 I need you. Okay? We don't need him only when things are going well. We need him every single time. Okay? Lord, I need you. If you don't need him, there's somebody who needs him sitting beside you. If you have a house, you have a car, you have, your children have graduated, everything is going well for you, you have a very good bank balance, trust me, somebody sitting beside you is not in the same kind of shoes with you. And so therefore they need your help. They need you to, they need you to lift up, to lift up their hands. They need you to say a word of prayer. They need from you a text every week that says, brother, it can only get better. I remember when I was growing up, we used to have these choo-choo trains. You know choo-choo trains? Choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo. Do you know what it says? It's saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And you know, there are people who are always thinking, I think I can, I think I can. And you know those choo-choo trains, when they are climbing up the hill and it's steep, say, choo-choo-choo-choo, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. When it gets to the top and it's now going down with speed, choo-choo-choo-choo-choo, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could. Tell somebody that they can. Give somebody hope in their life. 
That's what covenant relationship is. Give them hope. Tell them that, you know what, tomorrow will be better than today. Tell them that even though they may have fallen, the righteous may fall seven times, but they will yet arise. They will stand up. The Bible says, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will yet arise. So let's do that. And then the last thing, as I will say, is let the Lord be involved in your battles. Don't fight everything yourself. Don't think you can do everything yourself. That's why God has given you pastors. You go to them and say, Pastor, I just need you to agree with me. The Bible says, if any two of us shall agree as touching anything on earth, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. Whatever you allow on earth shall be allowed in heaven. Whatever you disallow on earth will be disallowed in heaven. So you say, Pastor, I just need you to agree with, with, with me. I just need you to strengthen. I, ju- I just need you to help me. That's covenant relationship. You may be an usher. You could be somebody who is helping out in the car park. You know what? You have a grace. So when you see someone who's not looking so, so, so cheerful, just go to them and, you know what, brother, let me just agree with you. Yeah? God will put a smile back on your face. Yeah? Uh, there are people who come to church Sunday morning because they have nothing to do at home. They are sad, so therefore they come into the midst of happy people because they also want to be happy. And they look at you and think, yeah, how can I be as happy as these people? Look at the way they are smiling. Wow! And yet they are screaming inside and thinking, oh, Lord! So when you see someone who is not, who doesn't have smiles, a smile on their face, go to them, put your hands around them and say, it can only get better. One day at a time, it can only get better. Yeah, the battle is not to the strong. Uh, and the thing is, uh, grace comes from the Lord. May the Lord help us every single day of our lives. Tomorrow is Monday, it can only get better. Can I have an amen? Tomorrow is Monday, it can only get better. It can only get better. There's no other way. It can, it can only get better. It has to get better. Shall we just pray? Father, we thank you this, this afternoon for your goodness and your mercy towards us. We are all involved in the battle one way or another. But Lord, we, we take the battle over to you and we say, Lord, Lord, that you will help us in our infirmities in the name of Jesus. Lord, when we don't know what to say, be a voice for us in the name of Jesus. Lord, when we don't know what to do, Lord, send men to help us, Lord, through the situations in our lives. Lord, we ask, Lord, that when uh, we are down and we don't have uh, the, right, the, right, the right frame of mind, we pray that your mind will become our mind. Your thoughts will become our thoughts. Lord, your consciousness will become our consciousness. And we ask, Lord, that everything that you have for us, Lord, will be passed by the Holy Spirit into our heart. Lord, that we may be able to stand uh, with full assurance of the victory that you have for us in the name of Jesus. Lord, today is uh, another day, and we start the day, the week, uh, uh, tomorrow, Monday. I pray for your sons and your daughters. As they go out, you will order their steps in the name of Jesus. The steps of the righteous are ordered by you. I ask, oh God, those who are looking for work, Lord, that you will open doors for them in the name of Jesus. Those who have interviews to attend uh, sometime this week, this month, I ask, oh God, as the heart of the king is in the hand of God, I ask, oh God, you will turn, Lord, the interviewers to favor your sons and your daughters in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who have businesses, who may be struggling in their business affairs. I ask, oh God, you are involved in every business. I pray, Lord, that you will make the ground work for them in Jesus' name. I pray that those, Lord, whose businesses may be failing, Lord, that you will 
bring about a turnaround in every situation for them in Jesus' name. Those who don't know what to do with their children, who don't know what to do with their homes, I ask, oh God, Lord, that you will take control of every situation. And may your name be glorified in every life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just before, just, just before I take, take my seat, I want to pray with you. I want you to stand, if you don't mind. If there is a situation in your life and you're saying, you know what, I want you to just agree with me in prayer. Can you just stand? You have a situation in your life. You just want us to agree with you in prayer. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Lord, Lord I, I stretch my faith with the faith of your sons and your daughters who have stood to indicate, Lord, that they need you in their situation. If you don't show up, oh God, nobody else can. And so that's why we come to you. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him. Cast your burdens on him, for he cares for you. Lord, we lift the burdens off their shoulders. And we say, Lord, as we place it on you, Lord, that you will give them rest. Lord, Father, from the yokes, from the burdens of their lives in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, their challenges are your challenges. For the Bible says, for why will man ask us, where is our God? I ask, oh God, let no man, Lord, be able to ask your sons and your daughters, where is the God that they are serving? I pray, Lord, that this week they will experience you in a tangible way in the name of Jesus. May their homes be settled. May their businesses be settled. May their lives take a new shape. Order their lives and order their steps to the glory of your name and to the shame of the devil. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says a big amen. 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 Can you do me a favor? Give somebody a hug and tell them it is well with you. Look, give somebody a hug. Tell them it is well with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Addy. That was really good. Isn't that interesting that... uh, God brought that message to us about battle from the other side of the world and from just down the road. Isn't that intriguing? From the other side of the world and just down the road on the same day. So let's make sure we hear that and we hear the, the undertones um, that are come within that. It's uh, exciting to hear, Addy, your personal story, that journey and how um, God held on to you in that time. I think God's speaking something to us about seeing the hearts of the children turn back to the fathers. And I'm very excited as you come to the, the conference and looking to see what God's going to do in terms of, of bringing people back to him at that time. Um, if you want prayer, um, then the ministry team will be here um, to pray for you. Thank you very much. Good day. Um, just a, a final note, there'll be no meeting here next week as the leaders were away together.